0: Welcome back to the Pinewood Perspective. Sounds a little different today because our boy Will G is on vacation. Can't make it to the phone right now. So it's your boy B. White. Tom Gorski here, ready to give you all the information for week 17. A lot of news going on. Lots of things going. uh, Lots of uh, quarterbacks being benched. A lot of playoff implications in line. And we're going to break it down all for you right here. Here we go. Let's just jump right into it. Thomas, how you feeling? How was your week? And um, how you feeling about your Vikings this week? Start with that.
1: I mean, hey, man, I feel great. You know, uh, you can't ever complain about going 12 and 3, no matter how or whatever happens. 12 and 3 is still 12 and 3. So, yeah, I mean, I'm more than happy. You know, life could be worse. You could be like a Bears fan or Packers fan, you know, however you are dropped as a child at birth, whichever way that goes. Fortunately, I came out on the positive side.
0: Well, still some season to be played, but um, you had a good Christmas and everything, Ready, getting ready for the new year here?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely, you know, obviously, you know, Christmas is always great when you're spending time with family, so yeah, I, can't, I have no complaints up to this point, and I'm ready to get into the show today.
0: Yeah, me, me as well, um, Christmas was good. little bit more relaxed than usual I feel like I don't know if um that's just my first Christmas post-college or what definitely felt a little different but yeah all in all good vibes glad to see the family yeah yeah let's get into these segments man
1: all right then also hold on we also forgot to introduce a special guest today uh talk to Will uh Jerry Light is going to be joining us here today
0: all right, let's get into it. That's that's news to me.
2: Hey, hey, hello everybody. Nice to see you, Brett. Nice to see you, Tom.
0: Yeah, Jerry. This is the first time Jerry's hopped on the show, so not sure who he's a fan of or where his bias will kick into play. But I have a feeling we'll we'll be able to figure out on this show. So stay keep uh, stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned.
2: All right. Yeah, let's
0: jump right into it, man. Segment one. We've got the Minnesota Vikings coming off a win against the New York Giants, twenty-four to twenty-seven. Now, eleven and zero in one-score games. Thomas, are you more encouraged or discouraged about the Vikings as we see, um, you know, this team and how they've how they've come about to win games and just how it seems every game they play what um, it ends up coming down to in the fourth quarter. How does, how does that uh, make you feel as we get closer to this postseason? You know,
1: I think anytime as a team that when you're battle tested up to the point as the Vikings have, I feel like you have to be encouraged because, you know, by the time you get to the postseason, you are in season. Like this is nothing different, nothing special. You are ready to go. You know, when you're down by 10 heading into the fourth quarter, it's not going to be much different than when you than what the Vikings have gone through up to this point in the season compared to a team, we'll say, like the Eagles who haven't had to experience that yet. The Niners, like obviously the Niners have that playoff experience, but the Eagles don't. So it's like when you're thinking of Nick Sirianni, you know, how is that team going to respond when adversity hits? And so far up to this point, the Vikings have answered the call when adversity is knocking. So I feel like up to this point, you have to be a little encouraged. The point differential is a little concerning at plus five, which is historically low. I understand that up to this point, but I do feel like it speaks a lot of volume when you are in a one score game and you come out of it in the winning column, 11 out of 11 times, which is an NFL record. It's never been done before. So the Vikings up to this point are doing stuff they are doing things that not many teams have ever gone through in nfl history so to this point i feel like i have to be encouraged by it and many vikings fans should be encouraged by it because under mike zimmer a year ago you were on the opposite side of these type of games so to this point brett i think you have to just be absolutely thrilled and encouraged heading into the postseason you know when this happens in the postseason and it doesn't go your way, then you kind of have your answer of, you know, if you really should have been encouraged or if there was a cause for concern. But just from my perspective to this point, I feel like this is a positive being 11 and 0 in one score games.
0: All right. I like it. Um, I, I agree a little bit, Jerry, uh, do you have an opinion on this here? What do you think about the Vikings um, coming off this victory having been 11 and 0 in those one score games? And is this something that, um, is more encouraging or discouraging when we're looking at this team as a playoff team?
2: Yeah. Looking at this Minnesota football team, I really think that this is uh, really all encouraging stuff. I mean, Kirk cousins is really starting to learn this offense a whole lot better. Um, you know, they talked about it midway through the season. Uh, even Kirk said, you know, Hey, I'm still learning this offense, you know, and that was after week six or seven when, you know, this team had only had one or two losses. Um, they're really, there's as an offense, they're starting to click. TJ Hawkinson has really found his place um, coming off that monster performance there. He's, he's really cemented into being that number two option there in the Minnesota offense. Um, As Thielen kind of ages out, he's, he's definitely taking that step forward. I think as a whole, this Minnesota team is very exciting moving, moving into the playoffs here. Obviously that defense has a lot of questions But anytime you have a team that can go down and put points on the board with 30 seconds to go at the end of a game, that's always an encouraging sign. So that's that's really where I stand on the Vikings right now.
0: Yeah, I think everything you said was very good. Tough to disagree with a lot of it. But what I will say about the the Vikings is. I mean, yeah, there's there's 12 wins. They're sitting at the number two seed right now in the NFL. You can't complain. It's 12 wins is 12 wins. But when you talk about, um, you know, when you want to break down the wins of, if you're talking about a win, I think a 30-point win, you know, is much more encouraging than a three-point win. So when you want to break down just how they have won, um I think 11 and 0 yeah it's a great thing to hang the hat on but when you see those other top seeded teams like the Cowboys and the Eagles and those just weren't the games that fit into the category we're talking about I think it's something to definitely be alarmed about but this is the same conversation we've had every week you know we say oh on being in these one score games is not a good thing you know it's it's eventually not going to work out for them or they're going to be on that the opposite side of it but here we are at week 17 and it's the same narrative and it's still a segment and we might be talking about this all the way until the super bowl or it might be a narrative that's over in the wild card round so i think um yeah there's nothing discouraging about being 12 and 3 but if you do um want to get into the details of the wins I mean I think it's of course it's much better to win you know large than small um, because the the room for air is that much larger.
2: I guess so since I'm a little new to the conversation I know you said you guys have talked about this for a few weeks I, I'd like to ask you Brett so do you think uh, Dallas Cowboys um, you know blow out victory over an Indianapolis Colts team coached by you know a, a former a former center with Virtually no head coaching experience, you know, is really more impressive than you know a a, w- a one score victory against a Buffalo Bills team. Do you like? Is that is that something that you consider to be you know more impressive for Dallas to beat up on an Indianapolis Colts team compared to you know Minnesota beating a team like the Buffalo Bills?
0: Um, what are you you ask me here? If I think
2: the Cowboys win well, against the Colts. So- yeah, a couple you, you made a comment that you think a, a 30 point blowout is a, a much more, you know, impactful oh, right. compared yeah, to, no, compared we're to a, a about... one-score game. So I'm just right. saying, yeah, like the team if you really look at the teams that Dallas and Philadelphia, you know, San Francisco have gone in and blown out, you know, these aren't teams that are competing for, you know, a Super Bowl. And, you know, the Vikings have come out and won a lot of one score games against a lot of playoff teams you know, I mean, even the, even the New York Giants right now are uh, poised to be uh, right, a wild card team, you know, so I think a lot of these one score victories may hold a lot, a lot, uh, a lot higher value than, you know, maybe a blowout of a team like Indianapolis. Right. And I see what you're saying. and I totally
0: agree. But where I was going with that more is um, not, not beating. I was meaning that same team, you know, like, it would be more encouraging if the Vikings had beat these playoff teams by more than one score rather than not comparing them to other playoff teams, beating other teams by, you know, not, not comparing the fact that, Oh, well the Cowboys blew the Colts out and the Vikings didn't. Although, you know, that is something that is something to, to point out, but I don't think, yeah, the Cowboys winning, I mean, the Cowboys blown out the Colts, is nowhere near as good as the Vikings edging out a top tier playoff team. I mean, I think it's the expectation of, I mean, you're expected to blow those teams out, you know, the bad teams, but just evaluating it as the situation of one game. I mean, much, you'd you'd be crazy to say you'd, you'd much, you wouldn't prefer beating a good team by 20 than by one score. Um, I think that just kind of when when games are close and you see the small margin of error, I think it's very fair to assume that a lot of things can go different if they were to play again. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I, I understand the point you're trying to make. I guess I just disagree just because I mean, at the end of the day, when you're when you're looking at when you're looking at the standings and you're going into the playoffs, you know, uh, point differential really has has no factor in, you know, what what teams are looking for, you know, at the end of the day, we're looking at wins and losses and whichever teams um, come out on top are the ones that move forward. So it's, I mean, what, whatever way you take to grind out wins, I think, I think Minnesota had a tough schedule. Um I think, and when you really look back at the teams that, you know, Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco has gone in and blown out, they, I, I just, I don't see really any, any victories that, you know, make me go, you know, that team's, that team's so much better than Minnesota in the NFC. So coming out of the NFC right now, I think Minnesota is just as good as anybody. And I think they uh, they should be um, right up top there with Philadelphia.
0: I think that's, that's fair opinion to have. Fair opinion to have. But let's get into it. Segment two, I think we all saw this one coming. It was just um, based on when it was going to happen. I think, I think it was fair to assume they would have given him the full season, but that's not the case here. Nathaniel Hackett out of the head coaching gig in Denver. Um, I believe, what is it, a 4-11 and 11 start?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Nathaniel Hackett is off to one of the worst starts for a, for a first-year head coach in Broncos history. 4-11, and 11, obviously not a great start, which I feel like we all saw this – coming week one after he decided to not let Russell Wilson go for it on fourth and five and instead they kicked a unlogical field goal that had very small chance of going in but yeah I mean I feel like Brett you saw this coming I saw this coming Will Jerry I mean the whole world saw this coming it was just a matter of when not if
2: yeah I think the the real story here may be just the fact that the Broncos as a whole at this point are really dismantled as a team you see a an incident on the sideline between Brett Rippon and the offensive line where guys are pushing and shoving Latavis Murray has to step in the middle to, uh, you know, kind of keep the peace there. I think really at the end of the day right now, Denver needs to bring somebody in to just get that team united. Obviously Russell Wilson isn't going anywhere. His contracts is he's stuck. They're stuck with him for at least the next two years. really. Um, so he's really going to have his pick of head coaches. He wants to work with and, They just need to find somebody who can really come in and just try to bring unity to a squad that has has nothing right now.
1: Yeah, you know, and I feel like the big question is, you know, where do you go from here? And I feel like it's, you need to bring a grown up into the room. You need to have a coach that brings a presence. You don't, they can't bring in a first year head coach. Maybe aim for someone with familiarity with russell wilson and his strengths and weaknesses it's no secret wilson's lost a step his speed it's gone you know where that's was his go-to his legs were always his strength back in seattle so from where so where you go from here i think is very simple you go with the guy that you should have hired a year ago anyway so you go with they do whatever it takes to secure dan quinn and he will probably bring a daryl bevel with them both were with wilson in seattle It makes the most logical sense. They have a very similar personnel that they could use, very similar skill sets where they could bring this thing right back on track of where expectations were at the start of the season. You know, we see this all the time where coaches, finalists, don't get the job and then get it a year later. Kevin Stavansky was the runner-up to, I believe, Freddie Kitchens at the time. And they decided to go with Freddie Kitchens instead of Stefanski. They bring Stefanski a year in later. He still takes the job, and he brings the Browns to the to the playoffs for the first time since 1999, and they win the first playoff game since 1999. So I feel like there's there's a little bit of a comparison there with Denver and Cleveland from what transpired, and it's all to me. It's all about Russell Wilson, new ownership, everyone. It whatever decisions that go into this roster, into this coaching search. It's anything needs to be about Russell Wilson because you got to fix him. You can't run this back and bring in someone new. It is so crucial to bring someone in that has familiarity with Russell Wilson, because right now this looked like the worst trade in NFL history. I mean, the Herschel Walker trade was bad, but this might even be worse because Wilson right now is coming across as a Pete Carroll system quarterback. And you can't have that. New ownership is going to fire and clean house if they can't fix Russell Wilson. So George Patton is on thin ice right now. Um, He's going to have to go back to the drawing board. And I feel like the very first stop has to be Dan Quinn.
0: Yeah. I like, I like that suggestion. Um, One of the key things I think here with Denver and what sucks for the whole coaching staff and Russell Wilson this year is, as we've seen over the years, all the teams that were successful with Russell Wilson at the quarterback position, they had a great run game. Yep. Um, and even, you know, Chris Carson wasn't a big name, but when that team was good, Chris Carson was running very well. And then before that, Marshawn Lynch and,
1: and they got Javante
0: Williams, who, before he got hurt last right. season, and the league get broken tackles. Like, he could fill that role. Exactly. So, on top of, um, you know, all the, all the turmoil they have over in Denver right now, they do have a very important piece returning next year. And I do, I do agree that Denver probably has to go in a direction – well, they 100% have to go in a direction – to where there were some similarities to where Russell was succeeding in Denver. And I know um, some things I've heard when researching this topic was there was an offensive coordinator. I forget his name. Maybe, maybe you guys will know, but um, an offensive coordinator who was in Seattle, Russell Wilson's early years, who he was pretty upset about when they had fired. So, I know maybe that's an option that they can go. was that Daryl Bevel? Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Yeah, I think it was I, yeah,
1: I think it was Bevel.
0: When it had happened, uh, team three Russell Wilson news broke out. like they were all upset about it. He was very, really, really good in the system. But yeah, I think they need to um simplify it and bring someone in there who's who's gonna take the reins of the of the franchise because right now. It seemed like it was, you know, all Russell Wilson's team and it almost had the energy as if like, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett is under Wilson. You know, that's that's just kind of what I felt with all these, um, all the things and commitments that Denver had given to Wilson. And I think how quickly they parted ways with Hackett just just really solidifies that thought and idea of it. but. You know, to say what Denver should do from here now, I, I think it's tough to say. I think Dan Quinn would be uh, – is, is definitely in the right direction. But I think getting rid of Hackett early is definitely is, – it's is the right move as, as much as you hate to see it. It's fair to say it's the right move.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely the right move. Um... Yeah, you you almost, the writing was really on the wall after week one. Um, they were playing behind the eight ball. Uh, this team had, you know, really unrealistic expectations from the beginning of the season and Russell Wilson has only compounded to make that worse and worse. So at the end of the day, it's really going to be, you know, what does Denver do going forward into 2023 and, you know, can Russ take that step back to, you know, a level of at least being an average NFL quarterback compared to you know, bottom five quarterback that he's been this year.
0: And yet, uh, to add to that, one thing that they do have positive for them is I think after after the flop that we've seen from them this year, I don't think it matters how much noise they make in the off season. We're gonna sleep on this team. They're gonna be um, an afterthought when it comes to thinking about the top teams in the AFC because. When you have, you know, the Chargers who just clinched a playoff spot a couple days ago and the Chiefs being led by Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, since we've seen a full year of, you know, all this hype kind of die out, I think it's safe to say that one positive that they do have for them next year is the pressure that they felt all this year and the hype behind them is definitely going to be gone. which is is something positive for them, I think. No, definitely. But let's let's move on here. Segment three, this is a wild one. Um, I don't think everyone was expecting, but once you hear it and evaluate uh, where this team's at, I think it makes a little bit of sense. Derek Carr benched for Jarrett Stidham. Uh, for the remaining of the remainder of the season. We've got the Raiders matched up against San Fran, very tough playoff team this week. What do we think this means for Derek Carr moving forward and just the Raiders franchise as a whole, McDaniels, Devontae Adams? What do you think we can uh, take from this?
1: Derek Carr's career is officially over as a Las Vegas Raider. He will not be their quarterback next year. He's got a very easy contract to get out of. It's going to be easy to move and trade. Um, Adams, I don't necessarily know what this means because he did sign a brand new deal. He could ask out. You know, They could just blow it up in Las Vegas. They could. I don't know if he's going to ask out, but this comes across to me as McDaniels is looking for his guy. They are tanking for a quarterback at this point because they're at the ninth pick, I believe, right now. But if they lose the next two weeks, they can move up as early as, like, five or six. And that puts them within range to get a Stroud or a Will Levis. Um, so, to me, this is McDaniels is kind of just saying, you know, screw it. You know, I tried your philosophy, guys. I tried going with all your guys. I came in here, obviously, you know, this team is a lot further away than we originally thought. And Carr's clearly not the guy. He's kind of just been who he always is. He's a middle-of-the-road quarterback who's very turnover-prone. And he's he's someone that could give you good numbers, but he's not someone that you can win with long-term. Ever since he's been in the league, he's had no success. He's just not a winner. He is who everyone has perceived Kirk Cousins to be for the last 10 years as a guy who can't win the big game or this, this, and that, where – Derek Carr, if I had to describe him as a player, is a guy who just cannot win. He has had so much talent around him over the last few years. He's had Josh Jacobs in the backfield. He's had Latavis Murray. He has had Devontae Adams now. He has had Amari Cooper. He has had Darren Waller. He has had Crabtree. He's had a top-tier offensive line. He's had an offensive genius in John Gruden. He has had enough help. And I feel like Al Davis and ownership is finally They're finally starting to realize that, you know, Derek Carr, he's just not it. So now you got to go back to the drawing board and you got to invest in a young quarterback. You were in a division with Patrick Mahomes. You were in a division with Justin Herbert. You are not touching those guys ever with Derek Carr as your quarterback. You need to hit on a Herbert or a Mahomes or somebody who is young. That's just the way the league's going and CJ Stroud might be that guy. Anthony Richardson might be that guy. Will Levis might be that guy. You know, you have to bring in someone of their own. I think it's very possibility that the Raiders sign a Jimmy Garoppolo in free agency who has familiarity with Josh McDaniels from their New England Patriots days and they draft a quarterback to sit behind him. It makes sense. You know, and unlike Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. He's been the two NFC Championship games, a Super Bowl. He's the owner of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, there is a lot that Jimmy Garoppolo brings to the table. So that's probably the direction the team's going to go. I think the Raiders are going to blow it up. And I would not be surprised. This could be a hot take, some reckless speculation. But I would not be surprised if the Raiders shopped Devontae Adams and one of the destinations that pop up is the Chicago Bears due to the Luke Getzey connection, and under this scenario, it could be a situation where the Raiders look to move up from pick six, pick five, and they try to package Adams and some change to move up to number two and take a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young. Reckless speculation. Very, very reckless probably speculation. Not gonna, probably not going to happen, but it's not out of the possibilities, but I feel like Ultimately, my main point here is: is there's going to be? I think the Raiders are going to clean house. They're going to clean up that roster. You have a first-year GM there. You have a first-year head, or not technically a first-year head coach in McDaniel's because he's done it before, but he's new with the Raiders. Where they're going to be looking to hit the reset button. That's my take. You guys could tell me what you think, but that's kind of just my take on the state of the Raiders right now.
0: Jerry, let's hear what you got, man.
2: Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I I agree with a lot of what Tom said. I think um Al Davis has made it pretty clear that he is committed to Josh McDaniels. Um, I think that that's been it's been established here. At this point, Derek Carr's career with the Raiders is over. Um, who knows what happens to him? He may go get a job somewhere else. He may be a backup for a year. We'll we'll see what happens to Carr. But from the rest, from the rest of the Raiders standpoint, I think. At this point, there's there's virtually no chance they bring Josh Jacobs back. He's going to be moving on to another team. Zamir White's probably going to be the lead back for for Vegas next year potentially, unless they bring decide to bring somebody else in to work along with him. Um, you know, right now in the quarterback room, they're, they're going to take a look at Jared Stidham here over the next couple of weeks and evaluate, see if there's anything that any kind of potential there. But otherwise, yeah, like Tom said, they're probably going to look to the draft and see, you know see if they can hopefully find that next young guy that can, you know, take this franchise to a place that Derek Carr was, you know, never able to do, you know, you, you watch Derek Carr on a week to week basis and you see, you know, a quarterback who's been in the league for nine years and still makes fundamental errors in the pocket. You know, he, he doesn't read a defense very well. He he doesn't see a pass rush very clearly. Um, You know, he's, he's established that he's, you know, he's not a guy who can take a team to the next level without, you know, elite talent around him. So that's, that's the reason they're really choosing to move off of him. I think there's a very good chance that Devontae Adams forces his way out of Vegas. Um, obviously he was pretty clear about wanting to go and play with Derek Carr. Uh, that was his, one of his best friends at president College of state, buddy. you know, so it, that was, you know, one of the biggest reasons he wanted to go there. And now that Carr is not going to be there, I don't think he's going to want to stick around with a young quarterback and it, uh, you know, a developing team that doesn't really have any playoff hopes. Um, you know, he's, you know, tailing off in the prime of his career and I think he wants a chance to go win a win a Super Bowl. So, I think he's going to try to force his way out and I I think Vegas is probably going to let him go and they're going to they're going to just really clean house and you know, try to try to rebuild what has become a a really horrible situation there in Vegas. What's your take on it, Brett?
0: Yeah, very tough to say. Um from what we've seen right now, you know, how bad the Raiders were this season, Derek Carr getting benched. It's tough to not have the opinion that Derek Carr is done. But it's done when there. You bring in <laughs> when you bring in the fact that they just brought in arguably one of the greatest receivers in the NFL right now, who has that connection with them from college. And I think it's fair to say that Derek Carr was solely the reason why Devonte Adams chose uh, the Raiders. So, just knowing all that makes me pump the brakes on the fact that Derek Carr's gone. But it's really tough to, well, to what's say
1: what the point of bench- What's the point of benching him if his career's not, you know, there?
2: isn't in question yeah the only thing the only reason I could see where you're coming from Brett if if the guy behind him wasn't Jared Stidham you know if if we're talking about a a rookie quarterback or a second year quarterback you know who hasn't really gotten a look in the NFL then you know maybe maybe I could understand your point a little bit but knowing that the backup is Jared Stidham and knowing that's the guy they're turning to really just seems to be a pretty pretty clear sign that they're moving off a car
1: it's a clear tank job, then, which the league would have to investigate at that point. If you're just benching car to bench car, you're obviously benching him because you don't want him to get hurt. Because you're going to trade him, you know. You're going to trade Derek Carr, and Dar- there is a very good possibility Derek Carr is a Indianapolis Colt, a Washington Commander, or hell, even a New York Jet.
2: You know, and, and you know another reckless speculation. There's there's a potential that they trade Carr and Adams together.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, they they, they they they
2: may get packaged together to a team like like Indianapolis, you know, and just get sent back, you know, the world in draft picks. So there's a lot of a lot of possibilities for this team.
0: Man, I mean, we, me, not so much, but you guys just got done blasting Derek Carr. I mean, what? Nothing what I, I said think? wasn't
1: factual, though. That, that's what. The
0: thing. So, if hypothetically speaking, if if they do. Um, were to get shipped off somewhere? I mean, is this some? Is this a package that you can see succeeding somewhere? I mean, somewhere like the Indianapolis Colts, like Jonathan Taylor, um, Derek Carr, Michael Pittman. If he's not part of the deal, and Devonte Adams. I mean, that sounds like a decent core now, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no players that would go back in the deal. I mean, if anything happens, I mean, you're looking if
1: those guys are packaged together. I mean, if you're the Colts hypothetically, you're looking at the seventh overall pick. You're looking at a first next year. You're probably looking at a second next year. Maybe you package something, maybe like a young, young player, like like an Alec Pierce maybe goes back in the deal or, you know, that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, I would be shocked that they packaged both. Cause I think feel like they could get packaged for better value separately, like Adams somewhere else car to the like jets or someone, or, you know, hell, maybe even if Adams goes to the jets, you know, Elijah Moore's not happy there. Maybe Elijah Moore gets dealt to the Raiders. You know, there's a lot of possibilities that could happen. And they have a first-year GM who came from the New England Patriots organization. You know, we don't know what he's going to do or what's going to happen. I think they're going to try to work it out with Adams because you want a young quarterback to have someone like a Devontae Adams. Like, if you draft C.J. Stroud, you know, you're you're not going to want him throwing to Hunter Renfro and – Matt Collins, you know, you're not going to want that. You're going to want him having a guy like Devontae Adams who could take him under his wing, show him where the ball placement needs to be. I mean, Adams has been with one of the best. He's been with Rodgers. He, he's now been with Derek Carr for a year. Clearly a, a very downgrade of a quarterback right there. So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities that are going to happen. Um, but, you know, we've obviously all had our takes on of what's going to be what. Um, so yeah, I mean we at this point it's just wait and see, but this is just an early indication of what seems like a blow up of a roster with the Raiders.
0: Yeah, it's I hate to see it from my boy Tay Adams. Um, yeah, man, I mean, probably, probably should have I hear Green Bay is looking for a receiver though. We've we've been looking for a receiver since we've drafted Aaron Rodgers. But, no, since about, like, 2013, it feels like. But, yeah, sounds like these Raiders are in shambles. Um, Hope to hear more news coming out, especially, you know, once the regular season ends. I feel like that's when a lot of of information and plans start coming out to the media, things like that. So, we'll get more, more information on that story as we get along here. But next segment, is one of my favorites, as you know, over the last couple of weeks. The New York Jets have benched Zach Wilson again, and you know, there's stuff going on. His mom on social media talking about the toxic fan base. We all remember Zach Wilson's post-game interview saying he did not let the team down. Um Although I will note, his his last post-game interview, he, he seemed to take a little bit more blame for things, which is something you love to see young guys learning. But Zach Wilson, benched again. Mike White's coming in to start against Seattle to try to save the Jets' season. Zach Wilson has produced the lowest yards per – lowest total offense um, per game this season. He's only in his second year. He was the number two overall pick. Is Zach Wilson done in New York? Is he a journeyman quarterback? What's the scoop? Tell me about Zach Wilson. Tell me about what you think his future is going to be. And also let's hear about what the Jets are going to do these next two weeks. All
2: right. So I think, first of all, I think that, Really, I mean, I don't think Zach Wilson really ever earned the starting job back. I think, you know, Mike White was injured for these packs two weeks, and I think he's just coming right back into his role, really. I think Wilson just kind of stepped in. But um, it, the way it looks from every, from the media outlet in New York, it looks like Zach Wilson's done with the Jets. Um, they're not happy with him, obviously. Now, for, for what his NFL future holds, uh, personally, I think it holds, you know, maybe a lot of backup jobs. He may be a spot starter here and there, but truthfully, I don't think he's ever going to amount to being a quality starter in the NFL. He's just, he's proven to just, you know, he's obviously got a talented arm, but his ability to read a defense is just, I mean, it's, 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 he struggled at the college level and he struggled at the NFL level. He, he doesn't see things well. He panics in the pocket. He struggles to make simple throws. Um, You know, there's screen passes that he's missing by five yards uh, the guy really, he's, he's enabled the jet. He's, he's made the jet. He's helped them back really. I mean, they have a very talented young core around him and he hasn't been able to do anything with it. Um, you get a guy like Mike White, who, you know, really hasn't, hasn't shown that he's anything spectacular, but you know, he can make the simple throws, you know, make the easy reads, you know, check it down to your running back, you know, go, go through your progression. See your first read. It's not there, you know, move on to the tight end, make the simple throws. He's, he's doing all the things you're supposed to do to get first downs and get your offense down the field, which is really all you can ask for when you have a defense like New York Jets do. So at the end of the day, I think it's a, it's a good move for New York. I think they have a a good shot to win against Seattle this week. And I think that Zach Wilson's career in New York is effectively over.
0: Wow.
1: you You know, unfortunately, when you reach the NFL level, you are, there's no patience. There's none. It is you are either the guy right away or you are out of the league. I think Zach Wilson has unfortunately been treated rough. I you know, I, I don't feel like he's been treated fairly. I don't think there's I think it's so hard. He was ruled out basically. Like like he was ruled off by everyone like a year ago, pending the offseason. Like so many people saw it, like, yeah, you know, he but he didn't really show much. He was He lacks maturity. I think he does still have a bright NFL future. I just don't think it's with the Jets. He needs to be with, unfortunately, he needs to be with a better organization. There's a reason, you know, the Jets have had quarterback issues going back a decade or two. They haven't, they ultimately have not had somebody since like Mark Sanchez who you almost looked at as a franchise quarterback. And even if you don't even look at Mark Sanchez, you're looking at the Chad Pennington and Joe Namath days. Like this is not a organization or even a media market that has the patience or the ability to do to develop a quarterback. And Zach Wilson up to this point has not shown enough, but I feel like there's been some sparks. Like this is the thing that I think a lot of people do not realize he is a project, you know, should he have gone number two overall? No. Should he have been in the middle of the first round? Probably. He really only had one year at BYU. Just one year as a full-time starter. And during that season, he completed 74% of his passes. He threw for 3,700 yards, and he had 33 touchdowns and three interceptions. So, yes, there. I still believe that quarterback is in there somewhere. I don't believe it's with the New York Jets because I don't believe Robert Saleh, who is a defensive-minded coach, has the patience or ability to be there for a young quarterback. I just – I don't think – he's too all over the place. He needs a he needs grown-up in the room. He, he doesn't – Zach Wilson's the type of guy who, unfortunately, he kind of needs someone to hold his hand for the first two, three years in the league, where he's got to learn. Like, if he would have went to San Francisco, which is who San Francisco won in the first place, and he could have sat behind a Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like it would have been more beneficial for him. So I do feel like he needs a new just – just leave New York, leave the toxic media. It is Everyone knows New York is a very toxic – media town not many people can handle it if you don't have thick skin you will die there like and unfortunately Zach Wilson at this point probably does not have thick enough skin to survive in a New York market because he comes from a very I believe like BYU is a very like like Mormon like school where it's very enclosed isolated from the rest of the public eye where he couldn't experience like when you're asking a guy to go who lived in that town and just he's been so isolated from the real world and you throw him into a New York market, his confidence is going to get shot right away because he's not in an environment like that could really bring him up. They will bring him down, but they're never going to really bring him up. He needs to go somewhere. Maybe just maybe, I don't think his career is over yet. It is in New York, but I do think he needs to sit. He needs to go to a very stable organization and he needs to sit. I feel, I feel like there's talent there. I still feel more confident about him than I did, say, Josh Rosen. Like, I don't think he's Josh Rosen yet, but he's on that trajectory. But I would like to see him maybe go to a team, say the Raiders. Say the Raiders want Derek Carr. And they're offering a draft pick or two and Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson could go under a Josh McDaniel who has had success with Mac Jones, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, Bailey, or not Bailey Zappi, the, but a guy who knows the quarterback position. And Robert Saleh doesn't. He's a defensive-minded coach. He does not care about the young quarterback. Like Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings, he cares about Kirk Cousins. He was brought there to elevate Kirk Cousins. Shanahan was brought to San Francisco to elevate and figure out the quarterback position. Sean McVay was brought to the Rams to fix Jared Goff. Like it is so crucial to have a head coach and quarterback relationship. Stay strong. And Zach Wilson hasn't had that yet where the criticism is more than fair and well-deserved. I don't want to rule him out yet. Like, I don't want to rule him out. Like I feel like he still has an NFL future and maybe as a career backup for all we know, but I think he's at least earned himself another chance it just needs to be with a different organization there's just still a lot of raw talent that you can work with from a coaching standpoint it just might take some time this guy was always a project he just made one impressive pro at his at his pro day that made everyone go nuts and sometimes the it's just it's a little bit of a fluke almost. Like he needs, he is a project. I don't know why enough people didn't say this originally, but to me, he was always a project. And we'll
0: see what his future holds. But right now, it is unfortunately not looking great. There was uh, there was another player that had one started one year of college, blew up, drafted number two overall. Do you know who I'm talking about? As a as a Bears fan, I do. Mitchell Trubisky, but yeah, that, that came to my mind during this conversation, but you know, taking everything into account, I think Zach Wilson is done, Um, and when I mean done, I don't know if he's done in the league though, right, when I mean done, I mean the, I mean my opinion of him hitting the potential of who we thought he was going to be when he's drafted number two overall, you know, can he be a guy like his, his big brother, Sam, Sam Darnold in Carolina, you know, can he be floated around to a couple other teams and be in a situation that is, you know, quarterback friendly, um, just more, more built around him, not making mistakes. Which kind of seems like what the Jets' offense already was, but um, yeah, I just don't, I just don't see him being a franchise quarterback, and I hate to see it because, like you said, he can he can make the throws, mobile. Just turn on his BYU tape; it's there. I mean, it is. You know, big. everyone sees these big things that are huge, huge attributes. Um, when it comes to the NFL level, but the thing that he's lacking is all the simple the simple stuff, the the quick drops, the quick releases, the decision making, um moving from your first read to your second one to your checkdown. Um, he's those are all the things that he hasn't picked up as quickly as other franchise guys have within their first year and a half. And that's that's very crucial to not only, um you know, your the opportunities you're given, because obviously, when you see that pro, when you see large uh, jumps of progression from start from being a rookie to completing year one or to even a year and a half, that's where you're given a little bit longer of a leash. But for him not to have that, it's a big killer uh, for confidence as a quarterback, and you know, everything up to this point putting myself in his shoes has got to be detrimental to his confidence. And with the quarterback position being so based upon where you are at between the years, um, I just can't see things working out for Zach Wilson. And I, I, I think it's fair to put his career more towards the Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky type guys rather than your Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Justin Herberts.
2: Yeah, you know. And
0: regarding the Jets. Well, where do we
1: think Wilson could go? Like, we don't think he's just going to be cut and never signed again. Someone's going to take a chance on him, and they're going to trade him. They, They won't release him because they would lose money. Like, he's got, like, I think he's got, like, a $6 million cap hit. But they'd have to eat like $9 million to release him or something. So he's going to be traded. He may need to be Brock Osweiler where you attach a pick with him. But who do we think could take a chance on Zach Wilson? Someone's going to. He's too, physic- he's too physically talented as a thrower of the football to not get another chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's too early to say, but uh, maybe maybe we'll see him under a vet you know or uh yeah maybe if tom brady wants to hang out another year i I can't see him playing another two years but you know maybe that's going to be a guy or maybe for a guy like Derek carr gets moved um i
1: take him in minnesota i take zach wilson right now in minnesota sit him sit behind kirk for a year Oh, that'd
0: be, yeah, I'm sure Minnesota. He
1: needs to go somewhere like that where he needs to sit behind a a legitimate veteran. Yeah, because I
0: mean, when you think think about the quarterbacks, yes, I mean, there's a lot of good landing spots. But one thing that kind of ties to what we're talking about here is you just think about how good Jordan Love has gotten it. You know, and that's that. This is this ties to a totally another conversation, but that's why I think Jordan Love. Um, there was some hype about it, but I don't think there's any chance Jordan Love requests a trade. Um, I think if Green Bay wants to trade him, it'll be because they think that it's the best for the team. If they but, can net a second, or
1: if they can net a second or third, I feel like they would. Put, I don't think Green Bay would pull the more. trigger on that. I don't Maybe think not Green a Bay would third, pull the trigger on but that. I think know. it would
0: take. I think it would take second. a first round pick for them.
1: No one's for them to do it. First round pick for Jordan Love. I don't even think anyone's stupid enough to. Trade a second.
0: Well, I mean, look, you have your opinions, but what I'm saying is, when you see, like, yeah, when we're talking about a guy like Zach Wilson right now, and then you, a guy like Sam Darnold, and then you've seen, um, usually better. What what players have said, like, oh, I feel like they were too rushed into it, or you see where Zach Wilson is off, where the game just seems too fast for him. It's his timing, and when we saw Jordan Love in preseason. And even in his first year, these were all things that we were thinking, you know, Um, all things that I was thinking as a Packer fan. And when you give a guy time to catch up with that timing, without having, um, you know, opportunities for to take hits at his confidence, you know, not making those mistakes on live television, not being open to all the criticism while you're learning, I think that's that's very detrimental to a quarterback's growth process. And if, if Zach Wilson just had an opportunity like Jordan love did, you know, I, we're not sitting here saying, Oh, Zach Wilson is done. He's done in New York. You know, he's probably very comfortable and has got his timing down a lot more and all of that. Because when we're talking about Jordan love coming out of college or Zach Wilson coming out of college. Yeah. I think there's some similarities there. And, there's maybe maybe we're seeing that guys like Zach Wilson are just not ready to be bolted into this role. And doing things like that can have huge impacts on if their career is going to work out or not. I mean, don't you think that's fair to say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's more than fair when it comes to the Zach Wilson. Discussion, I feel like almost every angle that there's a fair assessment. Of how to attack this because we haven't seen a, a pick like this just been ruled out like, ruled so quickly. We've never seen a, a quarterback not even finish two full seasons before a team gives up on them. Hell, I mean, they even gave up on them on a year and a half, you know, because they realized that they had a team that's ready to win and they don't have, there's no time to wait for a young guy like that. Like, if the Jets weren't winning and they were still. Like say they were who we all thought they were at the beginning of the year. I feel like there'd be a little bit more of a window, then there'd be a little more patience for Zach Wilson. But now that it's actually like you're that you have a really good roster, and truthfully the quarterback is the only thing you know holding you back, it becomes more obvious that you need to move off of. So that's just where my thing is. Where I think it becomes a little unfair, but it is fair in a way that when you have a team that's ready to compete, like you you move off the young guy. You know, you don't build around him. You're now looking for a quarterback. Like, you're looking for a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Derek Carr to come in, and then, boom, you are an 11-12 win football team. That's a team that could make a run, where you don't have the patience to wait for a Zach Wilson right now. And that's kind of the state of the Jets, I feel like, right now, where they're not in position anymore to wait for a quarterback. They need to go get a guy. And if, I mean, it sucks for Zach Wilson, but that's just the reality of the league that it all depends on the state of your team. Like if the Jets were a 2 3 win team right now, there would still be some kind of lenience with Zach Wilson. But the fact that if you just took Zach Wilson out and you put in someone of Jimmy Garoppolo's caliber, this is a 12-win football team, and they're probably pushing the Bills for the division right now. But, again, that's just unfortunately not what it is, and, you know, we'll just kind of just wait and see what happens as we head into the offseason.
0: 12-win football team, huh?
1: I think if they had someone of Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr's caliber with this offensive skill set and that defense, it you don't you need a game manager ultimately.
0: Yeah, I I'd agree. I I don't you know pinpointing the exact wins is different, but I think they'd be a playoff team. And especially losing Brees Hall, um, if they had a guy like that with someone that could take care of the ball. Hey, they were five and one
1: when Brees Hall was there. When
0: Zach wasn't his quarterback, they were five and one.
1: Just saying, Correct. They, Correct. they did win. Losing Brees Hall was
0: detrimental for that offense. It was. Let's move on here. Enough of my favorite player, Zach Wilson. Let's yeah. move on to my favorite segment of this show. That Thomas was. Um. I'm so happy that he wrote up for us here. And that is the Green Bay Packers and the NFC playoff picture. Um, of course, I had to highlight Green Bay. But right now, it's – I guess we can throw the New York Giants in there just because there's a possibility that they lose out. Well, they, the three teams
1: – What's that? If the Giants win, they clinch the sixth yep. this yep.
0: weekend. So – what we have here is the Commanders, the Packers, the Lions, and the Seahawks. And the Commanders can clinch by winning out. Um, You know, I'm not a Lions fan, so I don't know their exact avenue of getting they in. They not have to
1: win. I think they have to I win think... one and Green Bay has to lose one. Either way, that game might come down to week 18.
0: Right. Yeah, let's let's not get too deep in here, but the bottom line is the Packers can get in if they win out with the help of uh, Commanders' loss, which we talked about. The um, you know, or no, Carson Wentz just now named the starting quarterback for the Commanders. Not sure if that's going to help them or hurt them. I would think I'd lean towards it hurting them with how good they've been with Heineke, but. Packers, Lions, both in if they went out with the help of um, the Commanders and the Seahawks, still right there on the bubble. Um, I believe they're seven and eight as well, right? Are they seven and eight?
1: Yeah, all the teams, I believe, are like seven and eight. But yeah, Packers are seven and eight now, too.
0: So it's four wide coming around the corner. Um, I know what I think is going to happen. Thomas with the sixth and the seventh spot. Really, really just the seventh spot up for grabs in the NFC. Well, what do you think is going to play out here? Yeah, I mean, I and think what the, do you think the, about the uh the commanders news
1: as well? Well, I mean, I think Carson Wentz never should have been benched in the first place. I mean, T- Taylor Heineke he's a cute story, but he's a career backup, but everyone knows it. Um, the, I think the Giants are going to wrap up the six seed today, I, or not today, but this week. They'll beat the Colts, they're favored by six right now. So ultimately, what's going to happen is is it the Packers? Or the commanders. Packers went out, or and they'll need the commanders to lose one out of their last two games. I think the Packers are actually in prime position right now to go and sneak into the playoffs as that seventh seed, where they will play the 49ers. That is what will that is what will happen. I do think the Vikings streak is probably gonna come to an end because it's never easy going into Lambeau. The Vikings. Have been rumored to limit snaps on certain players, so they might not have everyone play all the snaps. But they're still going to try. The Packers have nothing to lose. They 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 have nothing to lose. You are a dangerous team when you have nothing to lose, and that's what's and that's kind of what's, what's going on right now. Where I don't think the Packers getting into playoffs depends on like the Vikings this weekend. It, it's going to come down to that Lions game. It's going to come down to the Lions or the Packers, who gets in. Um, as much as I would love to see a Packers-Vikings playoff scenario, I mean, it's it's not going to happen. It just, it, I don't think it could physically happen because if the Vikings lose, they fall to like the three seed. And then the Packers would be the seven that go to the two, and then they would play the Niners. So ultimately, I do feel like the Packers have a pretty good shot at getting in, but I do feel like the Lions game is a little tricky. That's where I think it comes to work. I do think I feel like the Lions – are a better football team this season and the Packers are kind of putting it together a little too little too late where I do feel like the Lions, if they went toe to toe, the Packers were, I know it, it would be in Lambo. I believe week 18, it would be in Lambo. So, you know, it's tough. I'm still going to say the Packers miss the playoffs. Cause I feel like the lions could beat them that final week, but I do think they will at least have an opportunity in a win and get in game. You know, obviously the, the Browns could beat Washington this weekend. It's very possible, but I'm still gonna say Washington wins this weekend, but I feel like Washington could drop a game uh, week 18, where if I see her, who they play Cowboys, the Cowboys or the Cowboys are, but the Cowboys could rest their starters for all we know. Cause the Cowboys could be locked in. That's another possibility that, unfortunately, as a Packers fan, you could could be waiting on.
0: Is Mike McCarthy going to gonna rest his starters to let in a division rival, though? Honestly, I feel like he cares
1: more about the, the safety of his team. You're locked in. Why play anyone? You're not going to be playing the commander's first round. So it's not like you're letting them in and then, boom, you're playing them right away. It's more so like, hey, if we play them, we play them when that time comes.
0: Well, there's a good, there are chances that if the – You would
1: need – I believe – no, I, they'd be on the road. Cowboys would be the four seed. They wouldn't even host the Commanders at all unless they got to, what, the NFC Championship game?
0: No, but I'm saying that the Cowboys will be in control of the fact that – I mean, there's a really good chance that the Cowboys can keep the Commanders out of the playoffs is what I'm well, saying. Well, yeah,
1: I and mean, I don't think they necessarily care. I don't think they would because they don't play them. They they're going to prioritize resting their starters. So they're good to go a week later when they play Tampa Bay or Carolina.
2: And, you know, I'm going to bring a third opinion into this because I think that you can really, I think you can take Washington out of the equation. I mean, teams So this season teams playing the week following, they just played San Francisco are one in 14 this year, San Francisco beats up on teams So I think Washington is going to lose to Cleveland this week. I think Washington has a chance to lose to Dallas next week. But I don't think any of that matters because I think the Packers are going to lose to the Vikings this week. And I think the Detroit Lions are going to take that seventh seed in the NFC. Uh, The Lions are really one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. If you look at what they've been able to accomplish in the second half of the season, uh, Dan Campbell's really been able to bring this team together. Jared Goff has played fantastic here in the past few weeks. Uh, DeAndre Swift has finally started to get healthy you got uh, Jameson Williams back just as another deep threat option to stretch the field along with DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown I mean really right now I think the Lions are playing really good put together football and I I think this is really just the tail end of Aaron Rodgers career I mean if you really look at the Packers they're they're a very disjointed unit um, you know as much as they've put it together these past couple of weeks to rally around and get a couple of victories. I think it's, you know, been with the help of, you know, Tua and Valoa having a horrible second half. And I I just I really can't see this Packers team putting together back to back wins to get in the playoffs here. So to me I think it's really gonna be the New York Giants and the Detroit Lions grabbing those last two spots.
0: Yeah. Um I'm gonna completely disagree with you guys here. As you know why, I, I really think the Packers are gonna squeak this out, and I love that stat about the 49ers. Um, that's something that I was unaware about, but it totally makes sense. Um, the 49ers, um, you know, as as we've as I've said on the show, outside of the quarterback position, because I think that is the most the position that hurts them the most, Purdy's been good, but, you know, with a rookie there, I think it leaves the most, the room for a lot of air, a lot of possibilities of air. But outside of that, the 49ers are probably one of the most complete teams in the NFL, and after getting beat by them, it can really take the life out of you, which that's that stat proves that they do. Um, so, yeah, with that and then, you know, them checking out Carson Wentz, I think this is more to see, you know, if they're going to have to move on from Wentz here pretty shortly so i'm writing the commanders off uh you know they were hot a couple weeks ago but it's all be it's all about being hot at the right time and i don't think the commanders are right now so ruling them out um yeah it's down to i think it's going to be down to the uh packers and lions especially if the jets and mike white take out seattle this week and with the Packers and Lions, um, it's just all about the hot team. You know, I think um, you mentioned the Lions are are hot. They're one of the hottest teams in football. They were before they lost last week. And, you know, yeah, that could just be a little bump in the road. But they lost to Carolina. And um, their defense is slipping right now. And... You know, there's another team's defense who's slipping. The Minnesota Vikings, their defense been has been slipping to be... since
1: week one. Let's be honest,
0: right? Yeah. So, I mean, when you take those two into, when you take that into consideration, and think, um, when you evaluate Green Bay's offense, they've they've been on the rise, especially um over the, these last three weeks with. Yeah. Going beyond three weeks, Christian Watson emerging him emerging himself into the offense. Is he playing, Is he playing yeah. this
1: weekend? Because that's a big loss if he doesn't play.
0: Yeah, um, I think he will. Um, I think it, removing him from the game last week was more of a management, Manage, like just making sure that he doesn't get, you know, because Green Bay realizes that we're going to need this guy. Um, for Minnesota and for the Lions. But, you know, I could be wrong. I I do think he'll be back. But as I was saying, the Green Bay's offense is coming together at the right time. Um, And they're playing teams that defenses are falling apart at the same time. So I think their matchups are very generous compared to, you know, both both games being at home as well, compared to the uh, Commanders and the Lions and the Seahawks. So I do think that they will come away with the position, but there's still two weeks of football left. So I could be wrong.
1: Absolutely, and only time will tell. I mean, it's going to be an interesting weekend of football, that's for sure.
0: Hundred percent. We're going to skip the uh, the power rankings, and or you know what? Should we just throw? Let's let's do the power rankings. We can't we can't miss one power. We can't miss a week of the power rankings, but. We'll um we'll leave the uh week seventeen predictions out the window this week. We'll keep it short, finish it up for you guys.
1: All right, man. Let's uh then let's do rapid fire uh power rankings then.
0: Let's do it. Let's do mine haven't changed too much, which I'm pretty proud of. Um start with the NFC. NFC, I'm going with the Eagles at one still. I think um, yeah, they did lose to the Cowboys, but it's without the MVP candidate, and um I still have this team ahead of the 49ers just for the quarterback reason and for the home field advantage once it comes to the playoff times. Yeah, I'm, I'm,
1: a- stick- I'm also sticking with the Eagles. Actually, no. Oh. I'm going to stick to what I had last week. I believe I had the Niners as my number one. Yep.
0: Team.
1: And yep. I'm still rolling with the Niners as my number one team because they just keep steamrolling these teams with Brock Purdy. And I think Kyle Shanahan's got a legitimate argument for coach of the year, the amount of adversity that they've had to play they've had to face. So yeah, I'm sticking with the Niners. I feel like this is the most complete team, not
0: just in the NFC, but in all of football. Wow, yeah. Um I definitely agree with you that they're up there. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the hiccup. There's gonna be one. For all we know, There's it could be, be one. There's gotta be one and you know maybe with how good their team is they'll be able to withstand it but i just i just have i'm just waiting for the hiccup i'm waiting for it but yeah number 2 i've got the 49ers um for all the reasons you just said i think it's a very close two i think they are a more complete team but just with the most important position being their biggest worry and You know, the Philadelphia Eagles having their most important position, being one of the best players in football this season. That's why I have them where they are. But it's a very close two, 49ers at two.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got got Eagles at two. Um, I got questions, though. I really do. I feel like without Jalen Hurts out there, they cannot run the ball efficient enough. Um, And Jalen Hurts is banged up. I saw a report today that he's not going to be healthy entering the playoffs like this ac joint sprain whatever he's dealing with his shoulder injury they said he's gonna he's not gonna be healthy enough by the time the playoffs come so that gives me a little cause of concern that they could be a first round exit if hurts is not ready to go and because they run the ball miles sanders to me is only relevant when jalen hurts is under center because jalen hurts you don't know who to game plan for there's a Miles sanders Is it jalen hurts the read option like there's a lot of factors that come into play like that offense those receivers would be good with Gardner Minshew or not. Gardner Minshew arguably might be a better thrower of the football than Jalen Hurts. I feel like that is a discussion we could have another day. But I feel like Jalen Hurts from just an overall standpoint, I think he, he's got a better football IQ than Gardner, and I feel like his legs are really what makes that offense flow. So for right now I'm keeping the Eagles at two, but if Hurts does not get healthy come playoff time, I would not be shocked if they were one and done.
0: Yeah, um I don't know too much about that injury, but very, very out important this news um when it comes to the uh the destiny of the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, when because it's it heavily relies on the shoulders of Jalen Hurts. Number three, I'm still sticking with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think with Um, You know, the win against the Eagles, it doesn't mean too much for me, considering they didn't have their best player. They barely beat them. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, right. Still Still was a great win, putting up 40 points against that Eagles defense. And, you know, although they haven't been the most consistent team all year long, especially losing to Jacksonville the week before, against a very hot Jacksonville – very hot Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguars team. Um, I still got the Cowboys at three.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going the Vikings three, Cowboys four, and then I'm probably going to roll with the Detroit Lions at five. I feel like this is a squad – Matt, nah, the Lions could cause some damage if they get in. They got a nice run attack, but Jared Goff, dude, I love Jared Goff. I love the career resurgence we're seeing out of Jared Goff this season. You know, Jared Goff is just a quarterback that people don't want to respect, but damn, can this guy just ball when literally no one respects him. So I got, I, I just like the vibe of that Lions team. I'm going with them at five. I want to put the Bucks, but, I mean, they've been such a disappointment. There's an argument for the Seahawks, um, but no, I can't. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Vikings at four, um, and you know I had this one in my number five spot two weeks ago, after the bye week, I felt confident about it, and I just feel better saying it now because I've had the same five for the last couple of weeks, and it's it seems like it's just coming to fruition here. I got the Green Bay Packers at number five. And, you know, I think it's fair to say that a lot more people have them jumping up their rankings, you know, right where I had them. So hopefully they can keep it alive and earn another week at that five spot, because I don't think it's going to be fair for them to jump any higher, you know, depending, depending on how things go this week, I think it's a long shot, but that's why I've got the Packers at five. Fire it off for the AFC. AFC, my number one team, has not moved. I'm going Bengals. Number two has not moved. I'm going Chiefs. Number three, still the same, the Bills, which I'm glad that we'll get to see this Monday night. Going to be a great game. Um, Bills at Cincinnati. Number four, I'm going the Chargers. And number five, I'm going the Ravens.
1: So I agree with the first four. But instead of the Ravens, I'm going to insert the Jacksonville Jaguars. Very deserved. I, I am so impressed by the state of this team right now. Like, Doug Peterson was the right guy for a young quarterback. He interviewed with the Bears. And to me, Doug Peterson makes a hell of a lot more sense with Justin Fields than Matt Eberflus does. And I don't know how why Chicago dropped the eight ball here, but – Jacksonville is very happy because just seeing what he's done with Trevor Lawrence, they surrounded him with weapons. I mean, you got Travis Etienne, you got Zay Jones, you got Calvin Ridley a year from now, you got Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram has been having a career resurgence. And Trevor Lawrence is taking these steps forward that he is putting this team on his back, but not in a bad way. Not like we're saying like this organization, this team is bad, It's just when you have some of those guys, some of those quarterbacks, with that moxie where they just literally take this team, like it is his team, like that we saw with Burrow right away with the Bengals. We're starting to see that with Trevor Lawrence right now. And I have to, like they, I don't know why, but this team could, I don't know why, this team could go on a stupid like hot streak in the playoffs. Like, Like they could host a playoff game. And they would host like the Ravens or whoever's the five seed and boom, they could win that game. They could go to the divisional round and stupidly upset someone like a Bengals or something. And then boom, they're an the AFC championship game where they just have a, like a really quirky like type of vibe to them where they could like, if like, they could just get on a weird run. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but they're just a team where it's like, no one has any expectations for them. So they're kind of just playing with house money.
0: Yeah, that's something I ne- I did not think about. Um, I was aware of how close they are to getting into the playoffs, especially with the woes that the Tennessee Titans are having right now. Yeah, week now.
1: 18, it's going to be a win and in for the Jags or Titans, and I think the Jaguars will come out on top because I-, I believe they're home for that game.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's definitely – I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you got them at five, well-deserving, and it's, it's definitely something I got my eyes on these next coming weeks. But yeah, I think that's gonna about wrap it up for us. Pinewood perspective minus Will G. First time we've ran it without him. A couple bumps yo, in the road. Well, um, couple pauses, couple lost train of thought moments, but we finished and and we're here, and we hope you guys enjoyed and even made it this far. You know, if you did, you're you're very rare, very rare. But tune in next week. We'll have some more more news for you, and let's hope we get an exciting week of football. Peace.